morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Well, good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, today, today I'm feeling kind of shy, kind of introverted. I don't, I don't know if I feel like talking today. Oh, so let me let me help you out. By and we're gonna start with this question. You feel like an introvert. Well, you know, from the outside, you look more like <laughs> an extrovert, right? Sharing good stories, like laughing and being entertaining on LinkedIn. So would you consider yourself an introvert, an extrovert? I have even heard the term being an introvert, extrovert. Who are you, Rob? Tell us everything. You know, that that's a good question. But before I answer that, let, let's talk about what these two things are. So like introverts and extroverts are just two really broad categories of personality traits that describe how we as people tend to interact with the world around us. And the main difference between the two is your energy source. Think about this. Introverts, introverts now, introverts tend to feel drained after social interactions and oftentimes need alone time to recharge their batteries. Mm -hmm. They tend to be introspective, mm -hmm. thoughtful, deep, if I might say deep, deep thinkers, right? But may struggle with small talk and being in loud, noisy, large environments. Whereas extroverts on the other hand, tend to feel energized, invigorated by social interactions and by being around other people. They tend to be outgoing, sociable, you know, the life of the party. Yeah. Now, extroverts can build good relationships and they can network really well, but they may struggle with long periods of solitude and quiet reflection. So now with that said, what am I? Wh which am I? You know what? I I'm really what I would call an intro-extro. Because mm -hmm. to some people, I appear to be an extrovert. You know, you see me on all these podcasts. But doggone it, I love me some alone time with a nice little cup of tea and a good book or a television show with no one else around. Yeah. You know, I remember I was having, um, I interviewed on my show uh, Ahmad Iman. For those of you who don't know him, he's one of the greatest influencers. Who doesn't know him? Yeah, but we never know, you know. <laughs> He's one of the greatest influencers out there on LinkedIn. So I strongly encourage you to follow him. And we were having this conversation and he gave me a great example. He told me, you know, it's like you have like um, some uh, money in your hand. And let's say you have, uh, I don't know, five tokens. Let's say you have five tokens. Every time you talk to one person, it's like you give a token away. So after you have reached like and talked to five people, you are low in energy because you are given you have given all your tokens away. When an extrovert actually is the, the opposite, it starts with he or she starts with an empty end. And every time this person talks to people, right? Like she's he's getting tokens into his hand. So like that fuels its energy. So this is where you see the balance. I think it's about, you know, so the balance in energy when introvert, and I can talk about it as an introvert myself, you know, talking to people drains me when actually some people, extroverts talking to people like energize them. So it's about, you know, balancing those energy. Yeah, that that's a good way to describe it because I mean, if you don't know me, I'm a speaker, a trainer, 
Right? I love being on stage, giving out information, but it is very draining. I was just telling Doreen before the show, if I'm on a stage in front of people doing a presentation after it's over with, I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. I really want to curl up in the fetal position and suck my thumb. No, I'm just kidding about that <laughs> part. I'm joking about that part. But <laughs> You're killing your credibility right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, I, I do want to, I just, I just want to sleep. I feel so drained. And then you see people who are extroverts. They come off the stage, high-fiving people like, woo, let's go to the party. I'm like, really? <laughs> that went, Really? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I always miss, you know, and sometimes, you know, I think it's counterproductive, though, because 99%, 99.9% of the time I miss the after party or, you know, the after uh, get together at the bar after a conference and all of this, because like you, but then I feel this is where, you know, things happen also, right? The conversations, the deals and all of this. So, it is counterproductive. So that's why I'm going to talk about it today, you know, even as an introvert and all the qualities that an introvert uh, can have, it is important also to push yourself outside of your comfort zone because, you know, growing your career, growing your, your business and achieving the level of success that you are aiming for requires, it does require most of the time that you push yourself to be on the extrovert side from time to time and strategically, right? So it's not about shouting and <laughs> on top of the roof, but it's about being strategic about the way you manage your energy and the way you do it. So before we dive even further into today's topic, let's welcome our friends uh, today on the show. So I don't see who is the first person, but then I see you, uh, Brian. Yeah, show, show, show us show us the mug. Show us the mug. Who loves the... Who, Brian, who loves the mug? I love The it. mug. I love audit. Get yours at thatauditguy.com. <clears throat> voila. So that's Robert pushing himself on the extrovert side, right? For some self-promotion. That's what we are talking about. We are... We, are, we practice what we preach. <laughs> ah. Lisa says many people do not believe she's an accountant. Hello. Oh, we are back. Doreen, we lost you for a minute there. Oh, because we lost you too, my friend. Oh, maybe you just lost me. (laughs) (laughs) But try to log log out and come back because you are frozen. I'm frozen right now? Frozen, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I will be right back. Okay. So while our friend is back, I will keep reading your comments. So, Lisa, does being an accountant requires uh, require to be an extrovert? I'm curious to know. Who else is in that place today? Robert Berry. I'm an introvert in disguise. Yes, like many of us. Another person here says... Um, Robert is an introvert, confirmed by me, another introvert. We all are in disguise. Okay, guys, so that's the gang. Today is the gang of introverts in the place. And we have also Sri, who is joining us today. How is, how is it going? Oh, we are doing well. So thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of, of Good Morning LinkedIn. So now, have you heard of uh, the expression being 
a qualified quiet. So today's topic is about should introversion be a barrier to leadership? And we have decided to talk about this topic today because studies have shown and more and more people are talking about the fact that, you know, introverts are being penalized when it comes to career progression because they are not getting promoted as much as extroverts. So there are like two sides here that we can talk about. First of all, it's, you know, it's not the it's not about merit. It's not about being the more competent. We know it. I have been preaching it for every time, every like all the time on LinkedIn, like hard work doesn't pay off. But the way you promote your work does pay off, right? And on the other side, it tells us like um, being quiet in, a, in your corner is not sufficient, even though you are the best at what you do. Best known is better than best. Let me say it again. Best known is better than best. So what do you think? And tell us what you think about it. Should introversion be a barrier to leadership? Are introverts less efficient, uh, less effective leaders? Do you think it is better for for a leader to be extrovert uh, because of all the communications that goes with uh, being a leader? What do you think about it? Oh, so let's talk about this for a minute. While people are putting in their opinions in the chat, um, I, I guess I should give mine, huh? Here's what I often wonder. I wonder why in society we oftentimes rag on introverts, but then brag on extroverts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what you just said, Doreen. Extroverts, they're always out there. And because they're out there, it's best known, not necessarily best suited for the job or smartest. And here's what I've come to understand over the years. And now some people, the extroverts are going to get mad at me when I say this, but I think that introverts are usually some of the smartest people in the room. Now, that doesn't mean that extroverts are dumb. I just think that certain things that introverts do that make them smart. And let me just talk about three of those things. First of all, introverts typically tend to shut up. They listen. And the listening, though, typically comes from some sort of experience that they've had. There's usually some sort of internal emotional damage because people have told you you're not good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not something. And so introverts are problem solvers because they're trying to figure something out. But the first thing they do is shut up. Second thing they do is they absorb information because introverts are usually trying to figure out what the truth is in a given scenario. And so they be quiet and they absorb information. The second thing and the third thing they do is they sort through issues. They sort through a lot of stuff because in their head, they're trying to figure things out. And then once they have it figured out, they kind of remain quiet. And I think that's where extrovert nature could actually come in handy because this this whole qualified quiet thing, there are some characteristics that indicate you might be qualified quiet. And some of those are if you have trouble talking about your accomplishments to others. So now you've done all this work through introspection because you're an introvert, but now you're not telling people about what you found and that's bad. Then The second thing, well, another thing for a qualified, quiet person is you can chat all day about how great your friends are, but when it comes to talking about yourself, you're quiet. So you can still chat about stuff. It's just other people. 
And then you might have trouble raising your hand in meetings, mm -hmm. even though you know the correct answer. So those are three characteristics of somebody who is like qualified, quiet. And, and for those of you who may not uh, uh, be familiar with the term qualified quiet, actually, it's a term um, that was um, created or mentioned the first time by the author Meredith Feynman uh, in her book, uh, Brag Better. And, you know, the question that you want to ask yourself is, do others in your company or department really know what you do? Do they know what you do? You know, outside even of your team members, do people know exactly what you do? And do they have an idea of the contributions that you make to the organization, right? And let me tell you a story here. I was a, quiet, a qualified quiet, 100% in, right? So I knew I was smart, I was competent, I was working hard, uh, you know, I was keeping my head down in my little corner because um, I thought this is what you, you have to do in order to get recognition, right? It's based on merit and especially coming from a different culture than the North American culture. And, and then, you know, I would see and I would see other people in my organizations and outside of the organization getting the jobs I was working so hard for. You know, uh, people way younger than me, people like way, way less experienced than me, way less competent than me, where when I would meet them, I would tell them what to do on their jobs. And I was, and you know, like this frustration kept growing and growing and growing. And one day I realized that my issue, it was not a lack of talent because you do question yourself, right? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm working hard and I'm working harder and I have everything it takes and I'm not getting that job. But actually my issue, and like for many of you, your issue is not a lack of talent. It's a lack of visibility, right? And, and when then I became a leader, and let me know if it resonates with you as well. I'm very curious to know. And then I became a leader. Right. I, I came across a manager and, 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 uh, and, and a CEO who gave me my chance. And I realized I was, you know, doing the same, like repeating the same pattern because I was a the leader. I thought it was my sole responsibility to always promote the people in my team. And this is part of your role as a leader. I strongly believe in it 100 percent. But I would always 100 percent of the time promote my team members, minimizing and even like if I wasn't there, right? I would never put myself up front. I would never showcase or talk about my own achievements because I thought I thought that I would consider I would be considered as a better leader if I keep promoting others only. And this is where there was an imbalance, right? And the same story then repeated itself. So you have to keep in mind that if you don't promote yourself, no one else will. And we are going to share a couple of tips with you to show you how you can do it effectively without, you know, feeling awkward or uncomfortable. So do we have any comments here? Oh, oh, yeah, here. we got oh, a lot of I, really good comments. I like this one. If it's true, it is not bragging. I tell people to stop thinking of it as bragging. And even if it was bragging, since when, you know, bragging has a negative connotation? 
You know, that's exactly what I typed back in the comments. So I, I know Brian. Brian's a great guy. So I, I agree. It's not bragging if it's true, but I also don't think that there's anything with, wrong with using the word. We have this negative mm -hmm. connotation surrounding that word. But if you are good at something and you can brag about being good about it and you can back up what you're saying and doing, then great. Yeah. Can you see who is the name of this? Um, because I cannot see the name of, of uh, our friends today. I'm not sure why. But here we have someone who says, from my experience, leaders need to be good listeners. And from my experience, again, introverts tend to be better listeners. That's my guy, John Tabor. He's an excellent auditor. He's one of my peoples. Um, yeah, that's John. And Lisa says, you can be the smartest, but if no one else knows, what good is it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what happens to introverts a lot. Like I just said, they are extremely intelligent people. But if you remain quiet, then you don't get the promotion. You don't get the raises. You, you basically don't get the money. You know, yeah, you or the recognition or whatever it is that, you know, you need or just spreading the word, whatever the word is. Oh, yeah. And this is this is Tracy. I love this. Everyone is a combination of both. There is no complete introvert or extrovert extrovert. We switch from side to side. For those often found themselves in the introvert side, they are more observant and wiser. Agree with Robert totally. Yeah, it is a spectrum. And I think John said that later on. It's 100% a spectrum, and we lean more towards one side or the other. Now, part of my argument is it takes a little bit of both to be competent in the workforce. You got to shut up sometimes and be quiet and be introspective, but then you also have to communicate what it is that you've learned or what it is that you believe or what it is that you value. That's the most important mm -hmm. one. The people that work with you and for you have to know what you value. Uh, now, they'll see that based on your actions. Don't get me wrong, because actions do speak louder than words. But a lot of people want to hear the words and then see the actions so that they can look for congruency between what you say and what you do. Exactly. And Benita says no um, introversion. I mean, she thinks that introversion is a skill in leadership. And, you know, that shouldn't be a barrier to leadership. And um, another friend here, if you can see his name or her name, says some introvert doesn't say anything, but when he, she opens he, her mouth, killing like a shark. Oh, that very, that. That is very true. true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know what? A, a good, sorry, a good example of that is the, that, that Elon Musk interview uh, recently. Um this reporter had the opportunity to interview Elon Musk and really blew it big time. And Elon is a big introvert. Let's just be real. And yeah. he ate this man alive. I mean, it, it, if you hadn't seen it, go go watch it on YouTube. It is the quintessential example of what not to do in an interview and how when you make an introvert mad, you can really feel their wrath. Yeah, exactly. And we have a very good comment here from, from Glennis. I would read it on my phone. I observed how quite... A Hold on. I, I observed how white people would say what they can do and get the promotion. People will judge, but saying that is bragging and we need to be humble. The day I started saying out loud what, what I can do, my career took off. Exactly. We hold ourselves back by believing being humble 
means not talking about. And actually this week on my profile, so if you don't follow me, uh, what are you waiting for? Uh, I shared actually one or two posts about, you know, the difference between humility and lack of confidence. You know, are you, you know, holding yourself back and is the issue of not speaking up because you feel like you are being humble or if you look at it like from an if you if you look at it from an outside point of view and you're being real with honest with yourself you don't speak up and you don't promote yourself because you lack confidence you lack self confidence so take a look at those posts and and feel free to leave your 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 comments or questions because this is a this is a, a very important conversation to have lucas makes a really good comment too um he says Introverts sometimes might not always feel great in a new team. Imposter syndrome can be part of their anxiety. Whatever it is, some people can be ambiverts where you really have to discharge yourself uh, from one side and stick with what you believe more. Summary, not everyone is your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes people don't speak up because they feel like they are driven by the need to be liked or to be likable by people. And I feel like we could do an entire topic about it. But of course, you know, and there is a great post about an influencer. I don't remember his name on LinkedIn who says, you know, like at least 10% of people are going to hate you. Either you speak up, you know, in real life or, you know, you share your thoughts uh, uh, on, on social media, on LinkedIn, at least 10% of people are going to, to hate you. And so what? And so what? It's okay. How could you even pretend that 100% of the people that you will ever meet in your life or that will, that will ever, you know, you know, read your content, interact with your content on LinkedIn will appreciate you? This is the opposite of humility here. So I think things are getting like mixed up in our brain and in our heart. Here, James, do you want to, can you read the comment from James? Oh yeah, because I agree with this. He said slightly off topic, but when I'm investigating Ponzi schemes, I love when the key employees are extroverts. They are much easier to read and usually give away a lot of clues because they love hearing themselves talk and want to tell me how smart they are. Absolutely. And so so James, he, he does, he investigates Ponzi schemes. And so it is so true. When you are talking to extroverts, they're just telling and telling and telling you. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that was off topic. That was kind of on topic. No, it's kind of on topic because oftentimes also extroverts tend to speak more, to hide more or to cover up something, right? Yep. They do what I call bury you with B <clears throat> BS. <laughs> okay, so now let's take a look, you know. So we decided to look at and to share some uh, tips from the, the workplace perspective. So what managers and what a workplace uh, uh, people, the leadership team in the workplace can do to ensure that they create uh, uh, um, an inclusive environment for introverts, you know, to grow and thrive. And also we looked at it from the perspective from the employee who is uh, an introvert like I used to be and like Rob used to be. I'm no longer working for, for others now, so I can be an introvert as much as I want. I'm my own boss. <laughs> so it's no longer an issue now, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it. So let's take a look at it. So from the workplace perspective, the first idea, if you wanna go over it, um, 
Rob, so I can put it on the screen here. Oh, absolutely. The first thing you want to do is create an inclusive culture that values diverse perspectives and encourages open communications. You see, as a manager, you can encourage people to contribute in meetings or through emails or however. And I'll tell you what I did one time. I had an employee who was slightly introverted. He was right there on the cusp. And here's what I made him do. I said, as, as a part of his performance evaluation, I said, for next year, you are going to do a presentation at a major conference describing helping someone, basically, because he was knowledgeable on a couple of subject areas. And I said, you're going to take that knowledge and you're going to teach a crowd of people. And so what he had to do was he had to apply to be a speaker, volunteers as a speaker at a conference to teach people. Now, they accepted his presentation and he actually spoke at a conference. And afterwards, he told me, he said, this was one of the best things that I could have done. So I, I think it's up to us to encourage people to share what they know with the world and not ridicule them when they do. You know, that doesn't mean we have to agree with them, but there's a way to respectfully disagree. There's a way to encourage people. But as managers, that's our job. Yeah. Then number two. Yeah, number schedule. two. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> schedule regular check-ins with the quiet employees to provide a safe space for them to share their thoughts and concerns. Yeah, I mean, it is quite straightforward, right? But I feel like, you know, honestly, I haven't seen a manager doing it. And I wish that someone would have done it with me. Maybe my career would have taken a different trajectory. We will never know. But, you know, like just, you know, the little things coming from the manager can have a great and huge impact on the employees. So, you know, like it, it can be like a 15 minutes meeting. Doesn't have but to think, be an hour. <laughs> but think about this though. As a manager though, if you do this, you now have more information because you know what your employees are thinking and what they're seeing. Now you can also start to encourage them to speak up more because you know what they know. So it just helps everyone. It helps you to better understand the business it helps you to better understand your employee, but it also better helps you understand how to position your employee to be in a better position at work. That's just a win-win all the way around. Yeah, 100%. And, and last, when it comes to so the employer and the workplace perspective, you know, and how we can create a better environment for uh, introverts to uh, thrive is to use personality assessment tests, right? Uh, a lot of human resource specialists use personality assessment tests uh, to help them understand uh, the strengths, you know, uh, of the, the quiet uh, employees. So it can clearly help select an, uh, a quiet employee for certain roles within the organization. Ah, yeah. Very good point. Yeah, we so have. Now, Lisa says, I operate on a need-to-know basis. No info is ever given that freely. But it depends, Lisa. It depends, you know, your personality and it depends the, the workplace environment you are evolving in. I mean, there is a lot of factors here to take in, into consideration. So now, as Rob was about to say, let's take a look at it from the employee perspective. And if you are an introvert, what can you do in order to start promoting yourself effectively? Ooh, 
One of the best things that you can do is create an online presence. Have a good LinkedIn profile. Have your own website where you showcase some of your skills and what you do. I mean, think think about this. I'm I'm an internal auditor, right? But I'm also a trainer, a speaker, an author, and some other things now. But <laughs> but but in all seriousness. You see me on this show, Good Morning LinkedIn, which has nothing to do with auditing. But what it does is it showcases my communication skills. So let's just say if I start applying for jobs and I say that this is one thing that I do, you can watch these past shows and you can see if you like me, if you think I would be a good employee or a good contractor, because I still do contract work. Right. Um, but but you can see my ability to communicate or not communicate, depending on your style. You can look at my LinkedIn profile, see past shows that I do that. I have two other podcasts that are about auditing. So you can see how knowledgeable I am or how stupid I am if you disagree with me and you think I'm stupid, right? But either way, you see who I am. Doreen has website. Doreen has podcast. Doreen is an author and she has books. So you get to see who she is and what she's about. And we're talking about standing out from the crowd right now and making yourself different and visible and I think somebody I know wrote a really good book about how to stand out from the crowd. Doreen, you know somebody wrote a book about that? Oh, and I know her very well, actually. And she wrote her this book with you in mind. As I said, I used to be an introvert. And I feel like if I had known how to stand out from the crowd strategically, you know, way earlier in my career, I had a successful career. You know, I have a very beautiful and successful career. But I think like... I could have achieved what it took me 10 years to achieve in way, in a shorter period of time. So if you feel like you don't know what to say about you, um, you don't know what are the, you need a step-by-step plan, a roadmap, you know, to follow. Okay, you know, maybe I need a website. A one-page website is enough. You, what, what else can I do? I can write a book or what else can I do? I can start becoming visible within my organization or on the internet, on LinkedIn. But how do I do it in a way that position myself in a way that showcases my competencies, my strengths, and the value that I can bring to the table, then this book is for you and it's available on Amazon and I will drop the link uh, in the comment after the show because you got to be strategic. As, as an introvert, as we said or, or earlier, you know, we have to protect our energy because talking to people drain us. So all the effort that you want to do, you want to make sure that they are strategic so it increases your return on investment and your return on energy. Let me say it this way. Okay. So which brings us to our next point, docu documenting your accomplishment. That's what I call the bragging list. Okay. Oftentimes people, they don't know what, they don't know what to say about them because they don't realize how much they have achieved, especially within the scope of their work, because for them it's just work. So it's just common sense, right? But actually, no, the small, the big and everything in between at work and outside of, outside of work are part of your achievements. They are part of your competencies and they are part of the things that you can talk about to showcase who you are as a person and as a professional, right? So if you feel like it's hard for you to promote yourself because you don't know what to say about, start to document everything on paper, 
you know, write it down because when you write it down with a, pa a pen and paper, actually your brain will realize that it was true and that indeed you achieved this. And it helps also with imposter syndrome, right? Because it reminds yourself, hey, I have done this, I have achieved this, and I have done this too. So I deserve that leadership role that I have been working so hard for. Yeah, I think oftentimes we undervalue our own achievements. Like, for example, you might have somebody in the workplace who led a project where you implemented a system and then they'll say, I implemented this system. But wait a minute. No, you did more than that. First, how many people were on the implementation team? Guess what? You led X number of people. What was the total budget that you were responsible for? Well, guess what? You managed a budget of X million dollars or whatever. Now, how much money did this system save the organization after the implementation? Well, guess what? You were instrumental in saving the organization X number of dollars because of the system implementation. You see how that sounds so much different. So there's certain questions you need to ask yourself when you look at the accomplishments. Because think about this. Every job has a set of accomplishments associated with it. And here's why I say that. If you have a job and there are no accomplishments, then why would someone keep you around? You just have to know how to communicate those accomplishments to other people. Every job has some sort of an accomplishment associated with it. I don't care what the job is. There's some sort of an accomplishment in doing that job. Exactly. And again, if you don't know how to do it, get yourself a copy of the standard from the crowd the book it will definitely help you move uh, into the right uh, towards the right direction and last but not least so this one i agree and i disagree with this one schedule regular one-on-one -on -one meetings to discuss your achievements your achievements with and contributions with your manager what do you think about this one rob I think that's a hard one. Um, I, th I think it's a double-edged sword because when you walk in and you say, here's what I achieved, there's some benefits and there's some detriments. The benefit is you really get to hear whether you are doing what your manager wants you to do or not. And so now if they tell you, well, that's great, but I didn't want you to do that, you now have got to do what it is that they are expecting you to do or renegotiate. So... I think that's the benefit for it. The detriment for it is if you don't communicate it the right way, if you don't communicate what it is that they are expecting you to do, it could be, especially for an introvert, another shot to the ego. And the ego is fragile, especially for introverts. And you might leave out of there with some hurt feelings. Now, granted, facts don't care about your feelings. Let's be honest about that. But at the same time, you got to acknowledge that they do exist. So... That one's a hard one. I think it should be done sometimes because uh, you got to get feedback. You can't improve. Better yet, first, you can't even meet the expectation if you don't get feedback. And then you can't improve if you don't get feedback. So that's one of those hard ones that you kind of have to do. You know, like, I agree. I think it's important for the feedback, you know, to get feedback as long as you know how to communicate proper, properly about it. But on the other side, I think this is not ideal and personally I wouldn't use that one because it means that even let's say you communicate very well about your achievements and that you make your achievements known to your manager the right way. At the end of the day, 
you leave it in the hand of someone else to promote yourself to your leadership team. And this is putting you in a situation of vulnerability because if the manager has no intention to promote you, you know, for whatever reasons, or if the manager doesn't care at all, all the work that you are doing and all the efforts that you are putting are in vain to communicate about your achievement are in vain because then you put everything in the same basket and you head it over in the hand of the same person, which yep. is making yourself vulnerable. So that's not something that I would do personally. I understand that some people would do it and get feedback. As I said, it depends. You got to be very strategic here again. We want to balance and protect our energy because we know how precious it is. So I would rather spend half an hour, you know, create content, compelling content that I would put strategically on LinkedIn so everyone can see it rather than just focusing on one person and being at the hand of this person, whether this person is willing to promote myself and to talk about myself to the leadership team or not. Well, and to your point, it gives you an element of social proof that is undeniable. And so I'll give you an example. If anyone ever says that I'm a bad auditor, you have to do what I like to call consider the consensus. What do the consensus of people say about you? Because, for example, for two years in a row, I've won a, an international award for auditing. So now if I'm a bad auditor, how did I win this award? Now, last year, no, the year before last, I did two keynote speeches at two very large auditing conferences. Why would they have hired me if I'm bad at it? My book, Ask Better Questions, Get Better Answers, Perform Better Audits, hit the number one spot on Amazon in the financial auditing category, I think it was, why would my book be number one if I'm bad at it? So to your point, if you create a body of work that gives you social proof, one person's opinion of you does not matter. And it's okay for one person not to like you. It's okay for 10, 20% of the people to not like you. But if a majority of the people know you, like you, respect you, then that means that you must be pretty good at what you do. And that means you have to niche down and figure out who actually enjoys what it is that you have to offer, who can benefit from what it is that you have to offer. So, yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we if we want to be real here, um, let me try this better. Right. If we want to be real here, uh, you got no one can save yourself except yourself. <laughs> right. You have to keep it simple. Um, this is the, the, the reality of life and especially in today's society, you know, if you, if you need a roadmap, as I said, or if you need to go the extra mile, so you, you get what you want, do it because nobody's going to save you. Nobody's going to promote you. So it doesn't mean that from time to time you have to, uh, push yourself outside of your comfort zone and be on the extrovert zone in order to reach your goal, do it strategically. You don't have to feel, you know, weird about it if you prep ahead of time. So, and I was telling, I was telling Rob before the show, you know, like I'm an introvert and I used to be very, very shy. So the shyness, I worked on it and I'm no longer shy, but I'm an introvert. And I love doing those shows and, you know, being on LinkedIn, but I, 
I do it very strategically because if it was just only me, I wouldn't even be on social media, right? I wouldn't. And I'm telling you the truth, just like this is not my cup of tea. And but I do it. I push myself outside of my comfort zone because I know building my thought leadership on LinkedIn and showing up on LinkedIn, showcasing who I am personally through the live streams, the shows, the different shows that we have, and you know, professionally through the content that I share, it allows me to get closer to the goal that I have for myself and for my career and for my business, right? So think about it. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to say to wrap up? <laughs> no, I, I think you have said it all quite nicely. My man, John Tabor says that he, he likes your point, balance and protect your energy. Exactly. You got to be very strategic as an introvert about the way you you do that okay so thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of good morning linkedin it is always a pleasure to um you know have you part of the conversation to sharing our different perspectives and point of view and you know we learn from uh, one another and that's what we're here for on good morning linkedin is to you know like I don't know if it's the morning or the afternoon where you are in the world, but it's just, you know, to relax and, you know, have some fun while talking about topics that are serious, though. All right. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. You take care. You stay safe. And we will see you next week, Saturday, for a new live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. Bye bye, everyone. Peace out. <laughs>